What's up, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen? This is the uh, GNXYZ podcast with your boy, Mr. X. What up? Your boy, Mr. Y. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Z, uh, Trey Hogarth, you know, Drayton Hogarth and Josh Neal. No PhD. No PhD. No PhD. Just a doctor of thugonomics. There's only one doctor in this room. He's Dr. Dre. <laughs> I don't. I don't beat women though. But other than that, Gen Z, he's self-certified like Rand Paul. <laughs> I'm self-medicated. Yeah. Well, what's going on, fellas? Everybody having a ecstatic, fun weekend? Living the dream, baby. Getting ready for a little bit of football next week. Getting ready for the draft. The, the fantasy draft, that is. And, uh, uh, okay. yeah, just living life, my man, living life. Nice, nice. Yeah, football, man. Started yesterday. I don't know if did anybody watch the uh, North Dakota State-Montana game yesterday. Riveting. alert was on full blast. Kicked off the football season, baby. <laughs> Are they even D1? Heck no. They're FCS. No. They're – North Dakota State's won like four straight national titles. Though. They're, they can, they usually can beat most some. They can beat some FBS teams, but maybe not this year. They they went in. They lost yesterday. So scored on the touchdown with about two seconds left, man. So oh, could be an indication of a fun, crazy season. Sounds riveting. <laughs> Hey, the the bison, the bison lost to the grizz. The grizz. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the lower you go in the uh, FBS, FCS, you, you get the the weirder nicknames, I guess. Yeah, like what's the grizz? Like, well, grizz part of a like. Uh, Jeez. I thought it was like the like crappy part of a hamburger, you know, like the the grizzle. The grizzle. You know all their or steak or whatever. Other rivals probably call them the Jizz. The <laughs> Jizz. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like baseball in Cincinnati. What the hell is a red? You know. But I guess you could go with a Native American or an Indian or Indian if you're really trying to push it. But I don't really know what a red could be considered. I think it's their choice of of foot attire. <laughs> nice. The red, the red stockings. Kind of like the Red Sox. Really? Yeah. That's sad. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let me double check. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll keep keep talking though. I'll double check, make sure. Well, base. I mean, you know, practically baseball season's over anyway. I mean, the Braves are already out of it, so pretty much. Mm-hmm. They got friggin' drilled this weekend. They're what third in the uh, third in the. Eat was it Easter? Oh. Uh, yeah, and NL East, but they're freaking dude. They're they're like twenty games, twenty one games below five hundred. I mean, they're terrible. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't been keeping up with baseball. I didn't know they were that far back. Yeah, they kind of played above their heads. I this is more what I figured they would they would be to be honest. 
I mean, they were punching above their weight. It's kind of hard to trade away your your best player, Justin Upton. Trade Jason Hayward, who's usually has, within a year or two ago was considered one of your foundation players. Then the day before the season, you trade your your closer, who's been lights out for the past yeah. what three years. Kind of gives an indication to your team that you're not necessarily playing for this year. Uh, this is a rebuilding year. Yeah, yeah, you can say um, that. Now, they did restock sure. their minor leagues farm system pretty well, but wow. they're building for that new stadium. I mean, to be oh, yeah. about it. Yeah, the uh, Cincinnati's entry in the newly formed American Association took the same name and retained it after moving to the National League in 1890. Red stockings eventually became red legs, and red legs was shortened to red. Kind of like uh, the New York Knicks. Yeah, the Knickerbockers. The Knickerbockers. <laughs> and the Mets. The Mets is a short. It's Metropolitans, obviously. So. Oh, obviously. And the Braves or the Brave Braveistas. I'm just kidding. But um, anyway. So yeah, yeah. The Reds are uh, the red stockings or red legs. I wonder if there's any. Uh, Copyright infringement lawsuits with them or the Red Sox. I wonder who was who was first. Who who's on first? Right. Who's on first? <laughs> so what? What? Uh, we kind of we're going to talk about a little bit of movie magic. You know, the the sci-fi movies and the technology that that we've kind of seen in movies and have seen, you know, what we, what do we kind of expect to come to pass? I mean, what was the date in, uh, in Back to the Future 2 with the, oh, um, it was this year, if I remember correctly, it was 2014. I think it was October 21st, 2015, but don't quote me Uh on that. Right. All I know is people get so confused about that date because I've seen probably 25 times people say, this is the date on Facebook. Today's the day yeah. that uh, Marty McFly went went to the went back to the future, or went to the future. Then he went, I mean, good God. Just yeah, it, it is It is the 21st. <laughs> just just screen cap the movie, please, and, and check it exactly. out on, on Google. And then uh, November 5th, 1955. I didn't have to Google that, by the way. November 5th, 1955 was the day that time travel was invented by Dr. Wow. Brown. When he when he was hanging a, a clock in his bathroom, standing on the toilet to see it was slick, he banged and hit his head on the sink, and then he saw a vision of the... and hit his head. <laughs> Fucking Doc. <laughs> Doc Brown. Doc. <laughs> yep. By the way, Back to the Future's got to be one of the most watchable movies and, and quotable movies, man. And I that's one of my one of my favorites. It's obviously not the, the most probably science fiction accurate, obviously, but it's definitely an enjoyable yeah. movie. There's so many it different is, yeah. things where you well, just sit there. It it may not be accurate, but like it has its rules and it sticks to it, you know. And that's really all right. you can ask for. Yeah. What about the the in these time travel movies, are you guys more what is it, timeline or, or alternate universe 
timeline, people, where it kind of, you know, do you prefer it, either one of the movie or the other where things change a lot, or do you like it where you can actually just go back to a specific point in time and, and observe? Well, I mean, realistically, if you're, if you go back in time and change one thing, it really, you know, it, hypothetically, it changes everything. But I'm kind of an alternate. That? Yeah, I'm kind of an alternate universe kind of thing, where like one, one decision today kind of, you know, like the chaos effect. One decision today affects everything around you. Yeah, I feel like there's like infinitely many timelines where like there's a timeline where you get out of bed at 11:07. There's a timeline where you get out of bed at 11:08. There's a timeline where you get out of bed at 11:09. You know, even what about simple it? decisions like that. You know, what about and then it? even seconds and milliseconds, yeah. that kind of thing. Here's the thing. So there's, so you're saying there's a alternate you somewhere that got yeah. up at eight oh two this morning or whatever instead of eight oh one. Yeah, that's kind of the theory behind what like quantum physics and whatnot, where it's like you live in basically the theory, like the. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into fucking quantum theory by <laughs> imagination, but I mean, some of the some of the theory behind it is like. You you can live in a reality where you can simultaneously have like a box in front of you, you know, and you can live in a reality where you've opened the box and you haven't opened the box. So both realities are possible until you until you carry out the action. You know what I'm saying? So, right. so basically, until you carry out the action, both possibilities are there. And then when you carry out the action, you're traveling down one path while another simultaneously exists where you could have chosen the box, you know? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy whenever, you know, uh, what, what's, uh, well, what's the Morgan Freeman sh- uh, through the wormhole? The wormhole, yeah. On Science Channel. Mm-hmm. The shit they talk about on there, I mean, my wife doesn't enjoy really watching that kind of like documentary shows, you know, hourly documentary shows, but. Right. They blow my mind with some of the theories and some of like you know just trying to trying to take the theories that are offered up and carry them out you know to the rational ends. It's just amazing right. some of the thought that goes into some of these you know ideas. Yeah, that they one on the uh, the black holes. That was that one was weird because it's such a you know you get to that event horizon and everything and everything just everything just starts what slowing down so much. But it stretches, it stretches time and everything. It's it's, I don't know, it's very, I don't know. It's, it's it's very. It's a lot above my head. But like I said, but I do enjoy watching it and, and trying to to figure it out. Yeah, trying to understand exactly, you know, what they're discussing and trying to rationalize. It's you know, trying to rationalize how rational it really is. Right. So what? So there's okay. How will we see time travel in in our Okay, never mind. How about how soon do you guys see time travel coming about in our lifetime or in our in the future? Um Well it depends. I don't see time travel ever being a reality. Ever? Ever. At least not in the way that we consider it today, like going able, you know, being able to build a machine that allows you the ability to travel back into previous 
into the same linear timeline that we're on now goes mm-hmm. back into a history and, you know, do something like kill Hitler or something to that effect. Right, right. I, I, I don't see that ever being a reality. Mm-hmm. I think um, time travel could be seen tomorrow even. It's just whenever it is invented, if, you know, someone decides to jump in the time machine and come back to our time and, uh, you know, give us that technology, shoot, we could have it right now. Yeah. But do you think that's going to happen? I mean, do you think we'll see it? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to see it in our lifetime for sure. Like, like here's here's my excuse for not for like doing anything. As long as the future you doesn't come to stop you from doing it, just go ahead and do it. <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's the reason I tried meth the other day because the future me didn't <laughs> come and stop me from trying meth. <laughs> a, real skinny, a real skinny strung out Josh comes. Yeah, don't do it, man. Don't do it. You don't even know what you're doing. You become a massive conservative. This is the yeah, start. Don't, don't, don't do it, man. It ain't worth it. Oh, Lord. But, yeah, to, to quote the, the great Ronnie ben, Ron Bennington, mm-hmm. we're all time travelers at one second mm-hmm. per second. Started a game with your mind. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I think we may be able to see something. I don't. I don't know. Didn't they have something with the? Uh, was did that come out that they they found something faster than the speed of light? Wasn't that? Didn't that end up being a miscalculation? Where they? Oh, they, I wasn't aware of that. No, I mean I know like in Star Trek they figured out ways to go faster than the speed of light. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got warp one, warp crazy. two, and all that. Right. Because they, apparently uh, they had a a, a particle. Some kind of particle was sent across something, and it, ended up, and it ended up going from one place to the other faster than the speed of light. But I think they ended up coming back later, you know, and, and ended up saying that it was a, like a miscalculation or something. Something was mm. was not looked at properly or something, if I remember correctly. Um, Under the special theory of relativity, a particle with subluminal uh, velocity needs infinite energy to accelerate to the speed of light. Although special mm-hmm. relativity relativity is just does not forbid the existence of particles that travel faster than light at all times. Mm-hmm. I just came up with that off the top of my head. I was about to say that's off the top of your head again. <laughs> so if 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 that option was available of, of time travel, where would would you go forward or would you go backward? Uh, backward. Yeah, I'd say I, I'd, I'd probably yeah, go backwards. forward. Probably go forward just to see what what becomes of us. Don't you almost have to go backward though? Because what if what if you travel forward and a meteor has hit the Earth and there's nothing <laughs> left? Yeah, and you almost end up in space because there's nothing left of Earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be relative to where you could end up. Yeah, absolutely. That's freaky. <laughs> How, uh, man, if you do go, if you were to time travel, would you, 
I don't know. Would you would you try to change anything, or would you just be more of an observer? Oh, I'd kill Hitler. That's easy. <laughs> That's always the the go to. God, I hate that crap. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, God, it's so stupid. Um, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd change. I, I think I'd be like one to like kind of stand in the background and experience stuff, you know. Mm. And that kind of stuff. Like if I went to go see like the I Have a Dream speech, which recently celebrated an anniversary, I believe. Um, I would like you know kind of stand in the middle of the crowd, like yeah, let's do right. this. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> would uh, don't, don't go to, don't go to Memphis, Doctor King. <laughs> so see, you would often. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just with you. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. That Memphis trip. Let's maybe. Maybe stop at Nashville from Spanish. Yeah, Nashville, yeah, yeah. Music City or something, yeah. But, yeah, um, this, I don't know, man. It's kind of funny if you were to, I don't know. What era would you go back to, Josh? Or what would you go to in the future? In the future, I would, I'd love to see... God, to be honest with you, I'd love to see about 100 years in the future. Yeah. Just to kind of see the ramifications of the actions that we take today. Things like, you know, preparing for what climate change, the things like trying to, you know, shore up the, uh, trying to shore up like some of the, I don't know, just some of our infrastructure, like, you know, like some of our social programs, things like that. Kind of see how, America has progressed and whether or not we've fallen off basically the face of the earth whenever it comes to our standing in the world or whether or not we're still one of the, you know, superpowers that that uh, Russia or China seems to be coming up to be. Yeah. yeah. How, uh, curious, you know, whether or not we're going to stay at number one, you know, for the next hundred years or whether or not we're going to fade into the fading to the scape of history. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of some, like, civilization Sid Meier right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that game, that's one game I've always, I, I did enjoy playing at the time. <clears throat> kind of a, I was always a Red Alert fan, man. Red Alert Command and Conquer. Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So how about you, Dre? Where would you go, my man? Uh, you know, I'd have to... I think I would certainly go back and... I think I would be a, a history fan and everything. Um, kind of go back to the... I don't know. I, I definitely... I don't think I would want to go back a crazy amount. I wouldn't want to go back to, like, talk to George Washington or anything like that. <laughs> I don't want to at least have like electricity and uh you know maybe get in on some maybe get the uh sports almanac like like Biff. <laughs> yes. The sports <laughs> almanac. The <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would I think probably the the maybe the 50s and 60s era and and try to just kind of go back to that time, maybe change a few things. I don't, I don't know. Or not change things, but just kind of see what the true feel was. It was there, 
was it the same sense that people have nowadays of, of doom and gloom because, you know, God, Vietnam's going on, so we're never going to recover from this. And it was just such a devastating, you know, not devastating, but like a, a down time in the country's history. I wonder if people really realized, you know, how much of a of a boom that the country was still in for even after you know, the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. You know, was for sure. Because that's kind of how I feel like the country's kind of facing that now with with the different wars that we've just gone through in the Middle East, the war on terror right now. That's nobody really seems to have a good feel for how to even approach. You know, I think people are kind of down on you know how much how much do the politicians truly even affect what's really going to happen, you know? How much does things really change from Democrat to Republican to, you know, president or or run Congress? Do things really change all that much? As much as we talk about it, as much as news news media and and entire channels are are devoted to political discussion, how much of it has really changed? Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, we 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 kind of survived under Republicans. We kind of survived under Democrats. We've thrived under Republicans. We've thrived under Democrats. I mean, it's, I think it's more of a perception of the of what the the country and the citizens of the country feel more so, and the temperament of the country more so than what's actually going on politically, decision wise. You know? Yeah. And people don't understand also that like. You know, things like specifically having a Democratic president or specifically having a Republican president doesn't change, you know, the response. That doesn't improve the economy as much as having a, you know, Congress that works together would. Yeah. And typically when you have a Democratic president or a Republican president, the opposing party typically owns the Congress. So, I mean, people like to break it down into binary, you know, black and white, you know, issues where, it's a, you know, the economy grows under a Democratic president more than it does under a Republican without taking into consideration that most Democratic presidents are always accompanied with Republican Congresses, you know, that work hand in hand with them. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's not, it's not, sim- it's not as simple as people try to make it out. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but to go back to it, I, I, do, I do think I would if I could, if we did have the opportunity, time, I would go back to different times and, you know, great moments in, in history. And I would probably go back to Revolutionary time and Civil War time and, you know, just different different eras of the country. But, I, you know, I probably wouldn't stay very long in, in those times, to be honest. Because, like I said, I don't, mm-hmm. I think I would get... I think I've become too much of a creature and a and a child of of current current times where uh I enjoy indoor plumbing and uh, you know like I said electricity and and at least being able to navigate the country fairly quickly, you know, not have to yep. take 6 months to go from coast to coast. You don't even need a map anymore. No. 
Mm-hmm. So, well, that's think, the thing. I mean, just think what, 30, 40 years ago, you had to have a map everywhere you went. Yeah, it's a little trusty foldable thing that you had your glove Yeah. On. You had to pick them up at a gas station or, you know, you, if you had to really rely on your senses or the road signs. But now, I mean, it's a GPS in your pocket. Yeah. Well, yeah, that whole bit from Tommy Boy is so dated now where uh, David Spade goes in the gas station. He's like, you need an Iowa map or Ohio map or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, like, and how long that, it's so dated. How long was that? That wasn't even... What was that? That, that was, was 90s. Yeah, that was, early, that was early 90s. That was like 94. Yeah, I mean... 95, so exactly 20. That's not even that long ago, man. Exactly. I mean, granted, that's, <clears throat> I guess it is in the in small scheme of things, but in, in the grand scheme of things, that's the, the crazy... That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, you I mean, you probably figure what? Five more years after that, they probably keep some. You know, majority of people relied on maps. But after that, yeah. what say two two thousand? Everybody kind of uses either. It, it became the big GPS. Hell, most people don't even have GPS anymore. Remember the big craze with the GPS thing yeah. that you would get in your car. Oh man! So yeah, cool. I got. No, I mean, I got Danny one like four years ago. My wife and I mean. Uh-huh. Gary went like four or five years ago. Thought I was doing something big. Yeah, and, and then I mean, now, now you can yeah you can Google Map it or you know there's MapQuest apps and mm-hmm. everything else. If it's not built into the car. Yeah, absolutely. OnStar and things like it, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you the constant you know the constant evolution of technology. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like it's almost self can or it's almost cannibalistic, you know. It it kind of eats itself. Yeah. How um, and that's another thing, you know, like that's one thing that they talked about that you kind of see in the movies all the time with all this technology that you get. What? How is it that that movies like? Uh, what's the technology from a a movie say? Star Wars or something like that, like lightsaber. Are there actual lightsabers available now? Oh, um, no, but know. there's lasers that can, in fact, inflict damage now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I watched like this I'm... whole uh, big documentary or video about with a uh, Dr. Michio Kaku about he's, mm-hmm. he's like I want to make a lightsaber, you know, and there's like all these different components to it. God, it was so long ago, but like the biggest issue was like having uh, a, a blade, I'm doing air quotes, you know, right. that can retract and, you know, it doesn't just go on forever and you can, like, encapsulate yes, it. Yeah, stopping it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah stopping that, it at a certain issue. distance. Yeah. And then having a um, handle that can withstand the intense heat and pressure and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, like, he was he was saying that we were, like, fairly close in, like, the grand scheme of things, but, you know, may or may not see it in our lifetime. Right. That's that's almost the go-to answer for all the scientists these days, you know. It's like, oh, just tell them 100 years, they'll be dead anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> why was it why was it that it would say slice through your arm, but when you when you would fight somebody else and you would, you know, hit hit lightsabers, it wouldn't go through the other blade of light. 
Yeah, like it's, uh, it's light. Why is it not just slide through instead of making the big <laughs> noise? <laughs> and hold on, yep. And googling. Here's what I was thinking earlier today, which is kind of sad. If it wouldn't go through the the light saber, why wouldn't you make a a light suit? Yeah, Make a lot of noise, but. <laughs> Keep you a lot safer. Let's see. I'm right. Make a light shield or something. Yeah, absolutely. See, that makes sense. And see, that's the evolving nature. uh, I mean, I'm. Go ahead, Trey. uh, According to this uh, Star Wars wiki, it says uh, lightsabers are made out of uh, pure plasma, the blades. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's see. Battling the weightlessness plasma. of plasma and the strong gyro, gyro, gyroscopic effect. Oh, you jerk. Freaking loading. Okay. Effect, uh, gyroscopic effect generated by it. Lightsabers required a great deal of strength. Oh, crap. That's not even relevant to what I'm reading. Anyway, it's plasma. <laughs> so, yeah. That would be, you know. And then, the, like, this flying car type situation and we see that in, in Back to the Future and, and you see it, that's mm-hmm. the main mode of transportation and like what the... But uh, see, I mean, in reality, to me that would be a terrible reality to live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine being in the streets of like, you know, a metropolis like New York, Chicago, Atlanta, and mm-hmm. just walking down the street and having traffic fly over your head at, you know, because they're flying, it's going to be a lot faster than it would be if they were driving on, on just the typical ground. Right. So, I mean, they're going to be going, you know, 100 miles an hour over your head. Imagine a crash. Yeah. Right. right. They don't hit the air brakes fast enough like they do on, you know, like they don't hit brakes fast enough on land. They come, you know. And I mean, they, down. yeah, and I mean, they hit, they hit one another and they plummet, you know, 100, 200 feet to the earth, exactly. causing even more damage than they otherwise would. Yeah. And and then you have to, like, you know, land your car to park, too. I mean, God, people can't even parallel park. How are they going to freaking bring that thing to the ground? See, I think I could do that. I think I could do that. Yeah. But that's okay. always been the big thing. You know, you always hear, about, oh, when are they get flying car? That's always been the big advancement for transportation it seems like oh when are we going to get yeah. flying cars it's like all right well i i kind of think we may be seeing some advancements obviously with the the google car and the self-driving cars and brings us to my next point which is that is the technology the future technology that i'm most interested in yeah is the google car and the automation of driving mm-hmm I think, I mean, when you have, they have concepts, um, I believe it was, it might be Samsung. I'm I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I believe, or I believe I watched a trailer with, it was, it, it was with a trucking company and Walmart was um, involved with it, where they're uh, all, where they're automating their, their semi-fleet. Their d- delivery fleet, where all their semis will be automated semis, and I okay. mean it was just amazing 
conceptualizing having an 18-wheeler driving down, you know, I-95 with the rest of the vehicle, you know, with the rest of, you know, just with the rest of the, what, I'm not sure what they would be considered, not smart cars, but dumb drivers, I guess. <laughs> they they would be driving with the rest of them, and, and the driver of the semi could be in the back asleep, you know, for all they know. They would have to take over in specific situations, but I mean the dry. I mean the automated driving. That is really the next step that I'm curious of because that's. I mean that's going to basically change the culture that we I mean, live honestly, in. I mean, we would get used to it, but we would. But it would change ever. I mean, it would change everything because people yeah. would no longer be in drop. Just think about but, it. People would no longer be in control of their vehicles. They would be able to treat it like what like like almost like an elevator i mean you would press a button and it would go where you want to go and just think about just think about the culture that's involved with vehicles you know mm-hmm. i mean the pride that goes along with getting your license at 16 um well, contributing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah some of us gen z right <laughs> yeah, but no um yeah, but no the yeah. pride that goes along with getting your license that early to the pride that goes along with, you know, a male adolescent typically that sinks hours and hours into his into his vehicle and, you mm-hmm. know, turns it, you know, converts it into such a nice vehicle. I mean, that granted, that might still go on, but, I mean, you're not in control of it anymore. So why would you put the effort in, you know, to, to really pimping out your ride, if you will, like, you know, like people used to do in the past. So you got to think that, like, the kind of the sports behind the car industry will kind of lose it, kind of lose its flair. Yeah, I mean, you think they take away, like you're saying, like the, the muscle car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people aren't going to be able to add their own intake, add their own, you know, things, I mean, and it's going to really change the culture. People aren't really, I mean, people aren't going to be able to control. They're not going to be able to, if you're, you know, if you really want to, like, put a turbocharger on your, you know, on your on your Mustang, you know, on your 64 mm-hmm. Mustang that you just purchased and really spent time and effort putting, putting you know, you're putting, putting effort into your vehicle. I mean, you're not going to be able to take it on the interstate and trial that new turbocharger and get it up to 100, 120. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that anyway, personally. But, you know, there's a certain demographic of people out there that that's their thing. They want to go fast. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're no longer going to be afforded that opportunity anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, even in the small scale, it's just going to change the whole culture behind cars and, you know, car and car enthusiasts. Well, it'll certainly take away a lot of. I mean, there won't be drinking and driving anymore. You can sit there and have a freaking party in your yeah, car. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. There will be positive consequences as well. <laughs> I mean, you'll be. I mean, just think about texting and driving. That's a thing. You know, that'll be a thing of the past. Just. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like part. I mean, the thing I'm curious most of is the non-traditional thing. Like, imagine an automated car trying to get out of a parking lot, like cut across two or three lanes of traffic to go to get to get on the other side of the highway from a spot that's not at a light. You like you know what I mean? Where they would 
where it's not an intersection where they can easily turn out and turn. They're going to have mm-hmm. to assess on in oncoming traffic and out, you know, and the other side of traffic to time it correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm just curious how automation is going to treat something like that. Right. Well, I've been hearing that they uh like the cars that they test and stuff, they like communicate with each other. Like they have them come up to like four-way stop signs and stuff and they're like, you know, they communicate however, you know, like boop boop, you go, boop boop, you go and then, you know, they go and they don't crash typically. Yeah, right. but that's yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's at like an official stop. That's at like a four-way stop or something like an intersection where it has traffic lights that can communicate with the vehicles because I know everything's going to be connected to the Internet of Things, basically, is what they call it, where, you know, it's just a bunch of automated things that are talking to one another. You know, I can understand, like, a red light communicating with, through, you know, through the Internet and through networks, communicating with the vehicles that are at its intersection. But say you're leaving, a say you're leaving a, like a, like a restaurant that's in the middle of the street. That's in, say you're trying to pull out of Grandy's. You like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Imagine you're trying to pull out of Grandy's, mm-hmm. and you have to cut across those two lanes, and then the middle turn lane to merge on, you know, into your traffic to where you're going. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see how automation is going to be able to handle a situation like that. I'm sure that they're eventually will reach that, but that's going to be one of the first hurdles that I see because that's going to require like a human element to be able to judge it a little bit. Mm. How are you going to, here's the thing, another thing is how are you going to get all the man-powered cars I mean, you're going to have to phase those out, obviously. Oh, absolutely. You're going to, well, see, that's the thing. Um, if I remember right, um, Elon Musk, the, the guy that's in charge of uh, what SpaceX and and the Tesla motor cars, um, he, he was in a conference um, a few months back, and that's the thing they were talking about was the automation of vehicles and you know the automation of driving in the future, and that's and just like you said, you're you're going to have to make human driving illegal. Yeah, because I mean, there's no way that the, that that the two can coexist because right. the See, the I, vehicles because the automated vehicles aren't going to be able to interact and operate correctly in an in an environment where there's you know unstable well, or unpredictable you know things going on. Right. With with yeah yeah with human interaction. Because yeah, it's like you know, you know, some jackass is going to be shooting red lights and you know, not doing a California stop at the at the stop signs and or you know what I'm saying? I mean there's gonna be all la- stuff. yeah, yeah, or breaking last second. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Exactly. Look up from their cell phone and, and but I you know what I don't see I don't see Americans giving up their their driving ability. I don't like you said, making it a, a illegal to drive. I don't see that. That's what they're going to have to make it because the two just can't coexist. So you're either going to have to, like you said, people are going to have to consciously decide that they are going to always and forever be in control of their vehicles or they're going to have to, I guess, progress or devolve however you view the subject into making driving illegal Mm -hmm. because the two just can't coexist. 
Because there's got to be some, wouldn't you think there'd have to be some sort of manual override that, that people are going to do? And Yeah, you would, I mean, you would almost have to to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. I mean, so some people probably wouldn't mind. I mean, because, I mean, people ride subways in New York all the time and they don't really, you right. know, I mean, if they're in the, you know, if they're in the 16th car bag, they're, they don't see the driver. So they just, you know, expect that somebody's up there driving it. It could be a computer. Right. They're driving it. So, I mean, obviously some people don't have a problem with that aspect, but driving uh, your vehicle in that small, you know, confined space, I could see, yeah, I could see a lot of people having trouble get, you know, relegating that duty and just, you know, assigning it to a computer. Mm-hmm. Or the autopilot from airplane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you still got the co-pilots up there just in case something happens. But with automated cars and not having, you know, something like they design a car that doesn't have a steering wheel, you know, where right. there's no possibility of control. It's just yeah. one of those things that, like... You're kind of, you know, damn, I guess I'm going to have to either decide to get in this vehicle of my own, you know, free will or forego it altogether. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of, you know, kind of on board with the, with the self-driving cars, but now that we've kind of talked about it, I think I'm almost, I don't know if it's going to, if they're going to be able to, to do that. I think people are. Well, that's not even the worst issue that goes along with the automated cars. The worst issue that I've seen pers or that I've seen personally from uh, research and a couple of uh, articles and videos online is the uh, is the fact that they are very that they're very vulnerable for uh, hackers. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I mean, there was a news. Yeah, there was like a news story and a little uh, videography that went along with it, showing that. Um, God, I wish I had the, the, the information behind the clip, but basically a guy was driving down the road, um, the reporter's talking to the camera man that's sitting in the passenger seat. As they're driving down the interstate, a hacker, I'm assuming somebody associated with the radio or, you know, with the TV station, kind of hacks into the vehicle and starts messing with the, uh, starts messing with the AC system, turning it on, turning it off, um, right. heat, by like heating up the vehicle. And if I remember right, they got into a specific little parking lot area, and the hacker uh, hacked in, and he, uh, what I remember about the clip is the hacker hacked in, and sometime throughout, or sometime towards the end of the uh, clip, he turned off the braking system. Right. And like, but, and, and, and the guy drifted in and ended up in a ditch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think me and you were talking about it early, yeah, earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, Drayton, and it's one of those things that where, I mean, that is by far the most vulnerable part of a, you know, smart vehicle is yeah. the fact that it can get hacked at any time by and anything. I think he even took control of the, of the steering system and, and made it do like a hard left into the, either into the ditch or, like you said, or into the, um, it could have been into oncoming traffic, you know? Yeah, it's just amazing, and that's the thing when you give up. Well, when you give up, you know, control. Yeah, and I heard I heard someone talking about that. You know, it's connected to the internet and everything, and, and online, quote unquote. But it they they didn't put the reason why is because they didn't put any sort of like firewall type stuff in or any sort of security because they didn't they basically didn't even think about someone hacking into a, the car system. 
which is yes. completely short-sighted on, on the automaker's part. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's nice to have to be able to, to determine, you know, to for diagnostics for a car to be able to hook it into a computer system. It goes through the different systems and checks it easy, but it also allows for anybody else to, to be able to hack in, just like you're saying, with, with nefarious reasons. Which is a pretty frightening thought. Exactly. Yeah, when you leave back doors open, you know, in secure or in programs like that specifically, so someone like an IT specialist, a technician, or someone like that can't access the system in order to, you know, either try to troubleshoot it or to, you know, su- supervise it. I mean, yeah, that's one of the risks you run. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that, you know, a lot of the uh, cell phone companies that are involved with the NSA spot, you know, with the NSA program. The NSA has had a lot to say when it comes to um, people like Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, their uh, operating systems and, you know, trying to create back doors so they can effectively monitor and collect information. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, met, the what, the, the uh, metadata, so they can help collect metadata on everyone. That's one of the things is like they are, they've encouraged, they don't have the authority so much to force those companies to create back doors in their system to a, to afford them more, you know, discretion to afford them more ability to grab the metadata. But it's one of those things to where it allows them the, um, you know, increased ability. So basically, when they when they kind of force them to create things like that, yeah, I mean, it leaves them open to where if a hacker can if a hacker can find that back door, yeah, they're just as you know they can use it just as easily as anyone. Yeah. What What do you guys see? I mean, obviously, Americans love their love their choice, love their freedoms. Most of us. <laughs> you would think what, so. What do you see Americans giving up first, their guns or their cars? Oh, definitely their. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. I I don't know if I would give up either. I don't know, man. I mean, I'd say their I'd say their guns because um, I mean, in a in what a few shows ago when we were discussing, you know, firearms, um the proportion of Americans that actually own firearms has been decreasing over the last 30 years. So, I mean, we're at a point now to where I think you read the statistic online. It was what, 30, 30 ish percent, 35 to 30% right. now on guns when what, back in the seventies, it was in the four, the high forties, like 49 or something. Right. So, I mean, yeah. apparently we've shown a proclivity to, disarm ourselves and head, you know, keep heading in that direction. So I could see a world to where, you know, 20 going on 15% of people on firearms. So therefore people don't really give two shits about that subject too much anymore since it doesn't personally affect their lives. And I could see them, you know, totally trying to give up that freedom as much as possible. Whereas, you know, the large portion of Americans now, you know, most of them drive. Well, not most of them, but I'd say, you know, about 50, about half of them drive now. Right. So there's a lot more shareholders in the subject, I would say. I'd say right. there's a lot more people less likely to give that up. 
than otherwise would be. What about yeah. you, Trey? What you say, man? About all uh, right. <laughs> we are talking about a bunch though. About what the um. <clears throat> oh Lord! Someone was listening. <laughs> no, the gun someone wasn't cards. paying attention. <laughs> which, 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 uh, what do you think Americans are more willing to give up their cars or their guns? I'm gonna say cars, man. Yeah. Because like the people that are willing to give up their, I feel like people are gonna be more willing to give up cars because the people who like have their guns. They want their guns, man. You know? Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, like, there's more people with cars, and it's like, I feel like the guns are almost like a subgroup of America, you know, in a way, <laughs> almost like a minority. And they're like, oh, you're just picking on us because we have guns and stuff, and you don't want us to have guns. But, like, you know, cars are more prevalent. You go outside, you see cars all the time, you know? And it's like, you know, oh, I mean, if they're getting their car taken away, I mean, I guess. If it's everybody, you know, I guess. I feel like it would be more uh, reasonable than the guns. Yeah, I think it, I almost think it's a matter of, of safety, you know, how Americans feel the safest. And, and I don't – I think more people would be willing to give up their cars because they feel like in the long run, I think they're going to feel safer, you know, if everything is automated, just like you were mentioning earlier with the subways and, and – um, and I could certainly see buses. Isn't there automated buses and everything too in some cities, or is that? Is there really? Well, I mean, I can see. I mean, there's things like trams or tro- sorry trolleys, where I mean, you know, they're kind of connected to a line already. But right, and there's a driver up front still. Yeah, that would be. You know, I think people would feel safer because they. It's kind of like when you're, you know, like you said with the with the subway, someone else is kind of driving, but they're not really. I mean, they're not pressing really. go and stop pretty much. Right. They're not actually driving anything like exactly. Yeah, they're not just like, like following points put in by a person. And it's pretty much already programmed in to, to when to stop and everything. And yeah, exactly. And, and they got a routine. They know where they're going. I mean, they know right. where they're going, I'm sure, what, weeks in advance. Right. And even the trains, you know, we saw, of course, saw that some huge, tra- you know, tragic situations where people who knows what was going on if they were texting again texting while driving again that's putting it back in the hands of the people I don't understand why like most of these train derailments and things like that are, are happening when it's there's a uh, like a say they're coming to a big corner or something and they're supposed to slow down why is that yeah not they're going to why is that not already pre-programmed into the into the, the train it seems like that would be a fairly easy fix or a solution to that just you know when you get to this you know have the gps point put in and when it gets to this latitude and longitude it slows down you know it seems like that would be pretty easy to 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 insert into the program and and eliminate that kind of stuff um, now what are you trying to do man you trying to take somebody's job man exactly didn't you say yeah. trying to take somebody's job i robot man where will smith would he got tired of having the cars automated, so he would take over manually, take over the cars. And just endanger everyone in the process. Exactly, Will. What the Jesus. Heck? Did you see, did you guys see, I don't think Trey has, but did you guys watch uh, 
that series Humans on AMC this past. It was on. No, I've no. It came. It came on after Spoilers. the other show that I watch on AMC, which is Halt and Catch Fire, an excellent, an excellent show. If I do have. Okay. Yeah, I didn't that's see that show. Um, but that human show is really good. It's it's just pretty like pretty much any other show on AMC. It's well acted, well written. Um, yeah. And it's it's the the concept is it's you know they've been they've advanced now in kind of the recent future to uh, or near future I should say you know where they have advanced to have synthetic technology to where there's there's synthetic humans or synths and they create them to the robot people but they look very realistic they have like you know skin and hair and everything else but they kind of they talk kind of robotically or you know computerish and um, like theory yeah pretty much and uh, they're androids correct i mean they're not yeah. humans right right exactly right. Yeah, i mean they're, they're yeah. right okay and uh they put them into place to do you know menial jobs and and you buy them for maids or taking care of the house while you, the you know the two family you know the parents are working, and then they take care of the kids when they come home. And it's kind of like a built-in babysitter and maid all into one, kind of like Rosie off the Jetsons. But it's yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> but it's a real-looking person. And uh, his boy Elroy. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up, you know, things end up happening. I won't go into that, but it, I, I would be all for that, to be completely honest. You'd be down for an android house servant? Hell yeah. Man. Hell yeah, dude. Are you serious? Make it go cut the grass? Have you seen my yard lately? You'd fit right in on the plantation, man. (laughs) Tell you that, man. You'd fit right in. But they don't have any feelings or rights, and I'm not going to go into any more of that on the show. (laughs) Give away any spoilers. But, um... You know, I mean, so people said that about the people said that about the slaves, man. Well, yeah, true. They were they're not real people. They ain't got any feelings. <laughs> that's crazy. But um, yeah, I don't. You know, obviously, you know, and like I said, it, that's kind of that's kind of where the show goes. But you know, I, I don't want to get in any details of it. But it's a good show to watch. But I, yeah, hell yeah, I would I would be totally down for for. Well, got domestic help around the house, man. Come on. A little iRobot action. Yeah. Because they looked even more realistic. Of course, of course, any technology <laughs> ends up turning into how can it? How can humans use it for sex? <laughs> I was just as good as... What was that, what was that fucking movie? Uh, movie 47, I think? Uh-huh. Did... Did y'all see that? It was it was such a God. I think it was like movie forty one or movie forty seven, and it was like a series of like multiple short little funny stories. Yeah, and that was the thing they built like a they built like like mechanical sex dolls. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. I think it was like a it was like a new iPod or something. That was it. That was yeah. it. It was the new iPod. And people were trying to fuck it. <laughs> because it was it. 
I think that's what, like, all the... Because it was in the shape... Yeah, because it was in the shape of a woman. Like, and, uh... Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, like, you had to insert the USB, like, in in it. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I mean, people were just... I mean, that's, like, the first thing... I mean, for God's sake, look at the Internet. You have... (laughs) You have the... uh, Every bit of knowledge in the world at your disposal that you want to learn... And we've turned seventy five percent of the internet is <laughs> <laughs> porn. It's just sex fights and porn. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> people know what they knowledge. people know what they like, man. People know what they like. Vast knowledge at your fingertips, but you know <laughs> let's, let's start you know, freaking I don't know. Good Lord. You'll start any other website just to get going. And then the thing is, that's what probably gets the most hits, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how how counterintuitive, you know, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got the, <laughs> got the greatest invention of information right here at our fingertips. Let's use it for the dumbest fucking purposes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, seriously, like, the computer, you know, even before the Internet got really big, the computer was this amazing thing that allowed you to multitask and and do major calculations, right, you know, within just a few seconds and able to do these different things. And it ended up freaking the the porn DVD or, or CD industry and porn video games and stuff became this huge market that people use their computers for. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Television. Television, VCRs, and DVD players. You know, well, that's you amazing can... now that you say something, because it's just amazing the quality of information that's coming through as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, people used to use, you know, I watched... Hold on, let me re- let me retract that. I don't watch, but the wife watches, and I sit on the couch and observe with her. Uh, um, the Bachelorette, uh, and I mean, you have you have shows like that coming on, mm-hmm. and I listen to, and and I mean, since since we discussed it previously, we have things like you know the GOP debate which came on. And how just unintelligent it sounded against the 1984 Ronald Reagan and uh, the, I think it was Mondale? Yeah, that was the presidential debate. Yeah, Mondale. They had a presidential debate, and it might not have been on C-SPAN. It might have been they were rerunning it on C-SPAN, so I'm not sure originally, you know, who played it. But just the questions they were asking, the the aura of the audience that was there, and the replies from the presidents themselves, it sounded so much more intelligent and just, yeah. I mean, it sounded more highbrow, you know, it sounded like, you know, they were kind of, but it just sounded more, it just sounded more intelligent. Yeah. And well, it didn't sound so like they're trying to give you those little... Like, you know, those little 10-second sound clips. Right. Or five-second little sound bites where something, you know, 
or just make something so abstract to where it sounds good, but there's nothing really of substance there. Right. I mean, back with the with the Reagan Mondale debates, they were sitting there and they were. Um, Reagan was called on why his uh, economic policy wasn't panning out the way that he actually wanted it to. And he sat there and kind of explained why, rather than giving just little, you know, platitudes and, you know, bl- you know, blaming elsewhere. He explained in kind of technical detail why it didn't happen accordingly. And I think if, uh, you know, something like a question like that was asked today, it would be kind of, diverted they would beat around the bush with the subject there wouldn't be too many you know there there wouldn't be too many absolutes given and it would just be a lot of you know it would just be a lot of a lot of beating around the bush and some of the answers that they gave with the GOP debate were just like that i mean a lot of trump's answers he just he said he said things that sounded good but had no substance behind them and it's it just was, amazing it how far TV's fallen in what the last thirty, forty years. Yeah, it would it would be a lot of deflecting and and trying to deflecting. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that's why Reagan was called the great communicator. I mean, he he had such a great touch, a great um, you know way about him of, of talking and and making people feel comfortable and making people understand what was going on. People always think about the you know the whales. You know, they think about that as Reagan, and, and, and unfortunately, apparently at the end of his years, you know, he had yeah, dementia setting in apparently in the last year or two. But, you know, they, people think about that, but he was, he was a brilliant man. I mean, you know, and like, I, and like you're saying, he, he the great communicator was a, was a nickname that was truly earned and, and, and deserved on his part that people don't really think of anymore. And yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and it seems like the audience was craving that kind of entertainment. You know what I mean? They were, they were going out of their way to make sure that they elect representatives that spoke that way and encouraged that kind of that encouraged that kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and today people would rather hear the you know the little ten second sound clips that sound really good. Get their answers for a very complex issue in thirty seconds or less, and it's one of those things to where I mean, you either want a really dumb but good sounding reality, or you want something that actually works, but you're gonna have to put in the effort to get it. And I'm, it's just, I, well, you you get what you ask for, pretty much. Think, think about it, Josh. You you only had that was that would have been the nineteen eighty four election. Yeah, that was a year before I was born. You, I mean, you won't be that. Um, there, think about this: people were eating that up because that's all there was on television. You had the three channels, and then like here in, in Brunswick, I don't remember what year we got the cable became widely available, other than right in the city. But like, it was pretty much what you could pull in on the antenna. You know, in big cities, maybe there there were other there was cable and things like that. But yeah, you know, the vast majority of the country, I think it was, I think I read or heard, like within the past, like within the past decade, that cable was easily available to everyone in the country. Now, like there were still parts of the country that didn't even have cable. 
up until like 10 years ago. So, but that's all they had. That's all they could. That's all. They yes, had to it's watch. hard to imagine. Yeah, but that's all they had to watch was the debate. Oh my God, this is something we're going to watch. And like I said, it was on ABC, NBC, CBS. It was on three major networks that everybody watched. I mean, look at the ratings that that, that shows used to get. Like Mash, the Mash finale pulled in like what? What is it? A, I don't even want to wager yet, but it, it was bigger than most Super Bowls. I think it may be, and Trey, if you want to pull that up real quick, or I can. Uh, I like, Sam. All right. If I remember right, that y'all were, you, y'all said it on an earlier show. Okay. And it was like, what, like, God, I want to say like 50 or 60? 60-something million, I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, you know, hell, that's all there was. People were, frick, you know, MASH is ending. My God, let's, we better watch it because we're not going to get to watch it again. And you couldn't flip on Netflix or you couldn't run to, you know, Target and pick up the season DVD yeah, or, or Blu-ray or whatever. You know, I mean, that's just the way you had to watch television and, and that's what it was. I mean, you didn't, you didn't have another channel to flip to. The, um, the MASH finale record was, was uh, broken by the Saints Cold Super Bowl, which had okay. 106.5 million viewers on CBS. Uh, Mash had 105.97 million. Jeez, 105 million at at a time where, I mean, we got what 330 million roughly. So I mean, back then they had basically two, two seventy, two eighty. Two, yeah, two fifty, two, two, two fifty to three hundred. That's I mean, that's I mean, that's almost half. Right. Exactly. Well, half the country watching one show, <laughs> and 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 there was no DVR either. They were all watching it by God from yeah. I think it was, think it was nine o'clock. It, they were watching from nine to ten o'clock, and mm. it, it's just crazy. They didn't have the options. Whereas you know, now if if you don't get like you said that ten second soundbite, people are changing the channel because they're freaking bored. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, it's politics. Who gives a crap about that? So, yeah, that's the thing, and it's and they know it's not like a you know it's not like a series where they're going to get a chance to establish like a connection with an audience. It's where if they don't sound good the first time, that's just not happening now anymore. And back then, it, it just seems to me people were willing to actually consider an issue and consider what someone was saying before making a decision. You know, now it's ten seconds or less. Back when it used to be, you know, let me listen to your campaign and your platform for a couple minutes. Right. And now, think about this. They don't even have the debates on national television. It's on Fox News or it's on CNN or it's on MSNBC. There's, that I can think of anyway, most most of the time they aren't on the, nas- on the networks anymore. Well, that's a recent development. I mean, right. I mean that's because, just within uh, this decade, yeah. Because of the availability of cable to people, I guess they feel like it's it's a viable option to put it on there now. I mean, shoot, it may move back to networks after the twenty four million tuned into the Republican debate. Yeah, yeah. If it's, I mean, if it's, they, they, they follow the money. As long as Trump is in there, especially nowadays, you know, they're saying it's going to, you know, a, a 
24, that's basically, a, I guess, a 2.4 is, is a good rating for, for shows now. Yeah. Uh, well, Big Bang Theory brings in three points. Facts or Dang it, what was it? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately for that garbage show. You know the uh, freaking, uh, crap, what's that gay guy's name? Sheldon. But, yeah, Sheldon, whatever. Sheldon yeah. and, the, and, like, and like the other main nerd, they make, this is way off topic, by the way, but they make just under $30 million each uh, annually. That's crazy. They're two highest paid actors. Is that more than Tom Skerritt? It's, <laughs> it's, it's like three times more than what Kevin Spacey makes. And he's still in like the top ten. That's crazy. I'm, for what? I'm sorry, for I watched. I'm sorry. I yeah, I'm sorry. I, I watched Ted the other day. I don't mind off-roading, but we won't delve into Big Bang Theory bashing anymore this, this <laughs> week anyway. Um... Well, speaking of the presidential debate, and you're listening to the Gen XYZ podcast, uh, but we'll, on on the presidential debates, there's or races, I guess you could say, Trump has continued pulling away. Man, I, I I'm completely baffled. I, I I thought he would stay in. I thought his candidacy was legitimate. That he would get a lot of a lot of backing and a lot of following because of the temperament of the country, how it's changed to a celebrity-based country now. It's not. It's not a matter of what you're saying. It's. It's all a matter of who you are. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's. And I. I knew the country had changed enough. You know, he'd always threatened. You know, several times over the past three few years to to run. And I. And that's really not what something you want is someone to use the presidency as a threat. <laughs> Yeah. Oh well. You know. I mean. I meant just he, he's had the opportunity to run. I should say. Oh, don't you dare me to run for the presidency. I will. <laughs> I'll run for that shit. But I, you know, I could. I just felt like the country was prime enough to where primed enough to where they would go for name recognition over substance anymore. That's exactly right. And uh, or, they you know, just, uh, or they just vote for party. They're like, oh, oh he's a yeah. Republican. All right, yeah, I'll vote for him. Yeah. yeah, that's a major problem. Is uh, over time the parties have be- have drifted farther and farther apart. Yeah. There's been, you know, there's been speculation that the right has drifted farther to the right than the left has drifted to the left. But from polling data, there seems to be a pretty strong feeling that both parties have have equally kind of drifted away from each other to where it's more polarized now. Yeah, it's definitely <clears throat> if you're if you're left or you're democrat, you're way left and if you're right and republican, you're way right. Yeah, there's less but yeah, there's less the, moderation. Yeah, but the tenor of the country is has I think the whole tenor of the country has shifted to the left though. You know, like we've talked about, there's there's no way even a decade ago you would see gay marriage legalized or you would see the acceptance of, of transgender people so easily. It, they would have been, you know, laughed at. And I'm not saying that it wasn't necessarily a, a negative thing. It would just have been like, you know, what the hell? Or, you know, are you serious? It was just a thing of, it just wasn't an accepted thing. And now I just was flipping through the guide and 
saw I Am Kate, you know, as a freaking TV series where Bruce Jenner has become Caitlyn Jenner, you know, and, and, and has been accepted to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it hasn't been too accepted. I heard the show yeah, might be ending after, oh my after God. a few I mean, episodes. Oh, my God. If you're not embracing it completely and wholeheartedly, how dare you? I'll put it this way. I haven't watched it, but I've heard some of the people talking about it. And it, from what I've heard, it, it, he is completely – I mean, see. Anyway, she is completely self-absorbed with, with her looks. And, and I think that's what people are kind of, of – Typical women. <laughs> it's like you know. I see what you did there. She, uh, she supposedly, like treats her her makeup people and all that kind of stuff. Like really com- treats them poorly and just yells at them and berates them and stuff. And you know, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't watched it, so I guess I shouldn't really say anything. But but just I feel like the I feel like the worst thing that Caitlyn Jenner ever did was not just spell it with a K to match everybody else in the freaking family. I mean, you got freaking, you know, Kim and Kanye and Kylie and Chloe and everybody and Courtney. Kylie. Yeah, and then, you know, you're going to spell Caitlyn with a C? Come on, man, lady. That's class for you right there. That's class. (laughs) She's different, man. Obviously. (laughs) And what the hell was the Fox News article that you shared with me. Oh, yeah. The yeah, University yeah. of Tennessee trying to push the ju- the gender-inclusive uh, pronoun. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, uh, I had a great discussion with a, a former high school. Like, she graduated a year before I did. But we had a, a real good conversation on Facebook about this because she's a staunch advocate for transgender rights and everything. She's she's had a family member that transitioned from female to male, I think. I'd have to go back and look at the conversation. But, I think that's um, what it was. Um, you know, I didn't comment. It, I just read it. Right. And, um, you know, so I knew she's, I know she's passionate about it and everything, but I, she was saying that, you know, why wouldn't you just go ahead and do that just to allow people safety and, and inclusion and everything. And I just don't necessarily buy that you truly need to have you can't really just make up arbitrary words just to just to make it seem more accepted. I don't I don't I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh let's see. Let me read some of the article to you. I think <laughs> Yeah, they were trying to use words like Z. Yeah, Z. Z E. Uh, y. H. H. I. R. Wouldn't that be her? Yeah, well, it's, so it's like in Beavis and Butthead when they stumble into that feminist convention and they're like, "We're women." W. O. M. Y. N. I mean, what are you supposed to? How are you supposed to differentiate between her and her? Exactly. And if you don't know, you're obviously a racist. Don't be a misogynist. Uh, Z-I-R, which I guess would be Zer, X-E, X-E-M, and X-Y-R. Now, this is getting into some Star Wars stuff, man. This is stupid. Like, I, I, want, my, I want to be uh, labeled as gender uh, Calrissian. <laughs> gender Calrissian. <laughs> 
I mean, good grief. I ain't, I ain't calling someone's jerksies or something like that just because, I mean, you're a her or him or it. I mean, I, mean, I think I really think yeah. he, she, and they pretty much takes care of it, you know? I mean, if you want to yeah. transition from female to male or male to female, you're still covered that way. Um, the gender fluid thing, I guess, I'm not real sure about the beacon. You shouldn't young. even talk about it because you have no you have no experience with it. Right. Well Yeah, right. <laughs> uh well gender fluid, uh which sounds kinda gross when you just talk about it, but anyway, okay. um gender fluid. Um <laughs> uh, you know, gender ambiguous is that a thing too, I think? Ambiguous or something? Oh god, yeah, it was a, it's basically a what asexual. Asexual, yeah. Or you have no yeah, interest. But the person in it, uh, let's see. Uh, where is that? Well, I'm trying to find the guy's name that was talking about it. Anyway. Anyway, he said that, uh, here's his quotes from it. It's not, let's see, these may sound a little funny at first, but only because they are new. The, he, the she and he pronouns would sound strange, too, if we had taught Z when growing up. Um, so instead of instead of calling her old, this has been taught to or explained to the professors and, and teachers at the, at the campus, I guess at the, at the University of Tennessee, um, Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee, Knoxville. Um, it's just a uh, Ricky Hall... Vice Chancellor for Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Tennessee said their quest for gender neutral pronouns is not an official universal policy. Uh, it's just an inclusion practice. Hall told me gender neutral pronouns are a way of exposing our students to an increasingly diverse and global world. He said gender neutral pronoun usage is not new. People always have questions. Nevertheless, he stressed this is not a mandated university policy. Okay, well, that's understandable. I can understand letting people know about it. And saying, hey, you may, if you want to use this, I guess, but I just can't see that being a... It's still a heinous idea. Just because, I mean, you can't... When you greet someone, it is an... It's kind of an informal... I I mean, it can be done in a formal environment, but, I mean, it's such a simple concept. I mean, and when you go to try to complicate things like that, Mm-hmm. It just creates consequences of its own. I mean, I think I read in the article, too, where one of the critics of it was saying where, I mean, and I agree, where you can't interview someone before you even greet them. Right. To kind of understand what they want to be called. That's kind of something, I mean, you kind of work into. Right. Isn't the main um, thing, getting other than just saying he or she, I mean, wouldn't it just be a matter of knowing their their name and, and getting to know the person. Not just, yeah, working off of that. I mean, I, and, and that's what I was saying. It's just it's just a matter of, you know, it's not just to make things up just to, to is not going to create acceptance. It really is. It's gonna, and if anything, it's, it's going to kind, kind of pushing people away, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're like, that's oh, you're a, what, yeah. you're a Z. I don't want to talk with you, man. 
You're an untouchable, you know, that kind of, I don't know, maybe. It just depends, honestly, on the people. Because, I mean, you know, there's some people who are going to be super accepting of it, and there's going to be others who are like, oh, now that I know that, I'm just not going to associate with you at all, that kind of deal. So, I don't know, whatever. I mean, it gives them a new opportunity for dividing the general public, if you will. It's it's more of a of a class. It's more separation. There's no reason for that. There's separating separating further is not going to help anything. It really isn't. I don't know why that's not understood. I mean, whether somebody wants to be, you know, male or female or whatever, either way, you're still gonna you're still gonna have to assimilate to society in some form. They're not going to all assimilate to you. I mean, I, I exactly. It's frustrating, man. I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not against it at all, to be honest. Whatever people want to do, but you can't sit here and, and a make people capitulate to your whims. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I just don't see it that way. Exactly. I mean, there's seven billion people in the world. You're not going to get them. To, you're not going to get everybody on the same track to follow your that, you know, thought, thinking process and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's impossible. And and I guarantee you the vast majority of people don't care either. They're, they'll accept it and, and go on and live their life. But, you know, they act like it's being, they're being, you know, denigrated against and, and ridiculed and everything. And I understand there's a, a higher... Uh, percentage of people of that of that community that commit suicide and then they say it's because of bullying i don't necessarily i don't no, think well, see, necessarily... that's the thing too is like a lot of that i think comes from the fact that they're going through like a mental disorder yeah and I, and, and i know that you don't agree with that personally but that's kind of the thinking that i go along with it that is if they're under so much i guess mental trauma from that kind of you know, for, from that kind of psychological distress, I guess, that accompanies, you know, that kind of di- disorder, I could see the, you know, the rate of suicide being a lot higher. Yeah, I I can see the, like you said, I, I see it as, you know, maybe there's a few that are, I, I'm not a big proponent of I'm being bullied, so if I kill myself, that's on them. It, to me, it's still it's still on you, whether it be for, you know, kid bullying or whatever. To me, it's not as much, I don't know. To me, it's more of a, it's an individual decision. Exactly. Not, not on the the community at large. Um, But, you know, like I said, I think it's a lot more to like, just exactly like you said with, there's a lot more going on in that person's mind than just because they may be targeted or bullied by anybody. But again, I go back to, I don't think there's nearly as much going on. I think there's a lot more acceptance of, of, of everybody in this, in this country right now, there's a lot more acceptance than there is not accepting it and, and, and ridiculing it. You know, I mean, how much, 
obviously there's jokes and everything, and, but to me that's not that's not bullying and that's not ridicule. That's that's just you just have to make you have to take jokes. You have to take that's just the way some people deal with things and, and talk about things. And I don't know. I, I just don't see it as I think this is a very accepting country, and and if you want to try to you know, if if you're gay somewhere else, and and say in the Middle East and everything, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna be nearly as accepted anywhere else in the world. Now they do have. Now I did see a thing on Vice where Tehran is like <coughs> the second or third highest place for transgenders to go to get their operations. Surprisingly, but the reason why here's the reason why. If you're if you're gay and you become switch from male to female, it's okay because that's kind of that's just you. But if you're gay and stay a male, that then you're freaking get your head locked off. Yeah. So people say, well, what? "All right, I think I'll uh, get a, a nip and tuck here and and just keep on living." That's why they have such a high high rate of of transge- transgender operations, post op or post op transgenders. Wow! So freaking double but, standards. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Well, no, that's the thing too. Is like a lot of the company, or sorry, a lot of the countries that claim to enjoy, you know, that that claim to be very equal, very um, egalitarian, mm-hmm. they're often, um, they often praise the merits of diversity while then the, while be, while themselves not being diverse in nature. Mm-hmm. Because oh, you yeah. got, you know, like the U.S. and people here in the U.S. are always claiming the merits of like Scandinavian and like Nordic countries, places like Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland. Um, and they they claim that they want to emulate that kind of equality, that kind of you know that kind of um, like amongst themselves, while not understanding how non diverse those places are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even Canada, to that extreme, um, is a very homogenous country. The people. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just like the Nordic countries, they're very homogenous. They're very, they don't, their immigration policies are very strict um, to the point to where they don't allow them to become citizens in a lot of aspects, but it's also hard to get access to those countries to where they can keep the population, I guess, ratios or, or you know, just the demographics themselves to where they want them to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are places that, that we want to emulate while not understanding that they're different from us. And places right. like here, I mean, you know, people like to complain about how non-accepting we are. Well, people might be accepted a lot more overseas, but it's also a very different context that it's happening in. Mm-hmm. I mean, people mm-hmm. over here are very accepting, and it's a and it's a much more wide array of individuals that are accepting over here. Right. And I mean, you know, I know know what you're saying, Dre. It's just one of these things to where 
people don't understand almost how good it is here because right. they have other countries that they're trying that they think are better. It's the grass is greener kind of mentality. Right. Without understanding that the grass may be greener, but it's because it's all it's all astroturf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just people don't understand the context behind what's what's going on in the other situations. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too is, is kind of a uh, you know just because you are made uncomfortable or you something happens that you don't like doesn't mean you're being. Uh, you're being discriminated against or you're you're being some, somebody's not accepting you just because of, of what you do. Like just, well, and I know this would get into a long discussion too, but just like this guy that went on this freaking, you know, the reporter that just killed these other two reporters on live television, he kept filing, you know, discrimination reports on, on every place he worked because of race and because of his his sexual orientation when most time when it was investigated there was no there was nothing to it it's just he didn't he was just an angry dude it seemed like from what everybody was saying you know just because you're an asshole doesn't mean everybody has to like <laughs> you it doesn't mean that yeah. you're, you're discriminated it's not because people don't like you because you're black or you're gay in this kind of situation it's because you're an asshole I mean if yeah, you really exactly. want to break it down I mean, and, that, and that's not discriminatory. That's on you, man. I mean, that ain't that ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. You need to change what you do and how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, it'll it'll all work out. I think it's just a just getting frustrating seeing so much. Just people just people just. Just chill and relax and, and keep going with the flow of life and, and joke about things and laugh. It, it would be, people would just, it would just be a lot easier to, to get along with everybody, it seems like. like we said, it's uh, it's we, all going to work out, man. I don't know. I don't like, know. just because, just cause, uh, you know, they don't serve Coke at this restaurant, doesn't I mean you have to throw a fit because you have to get a Pepsi, you know? Just right. go along with it, man. It'll work out. Just go with the flow, dude. But on a brighter note, for for transgenders, I saw an article posted by the Interrobang that uh, transgender porn is way up. Hey. Fourteen <laughs> percent. I read that article too. Hey, good for them. <laughs> so, Getting a little slice of the market. So, so there's some there's some progress for you. Uh, I think you can thank old Caitlyn Jenner for that, probably. Um, good lord. I think we might be the show the show of the transgender. I mean, we've talked about it two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> We're huge in the transgender demographic. <laughs> then we grab <laughs> Oh, my God. The post, I just wanted yeah, to call the, in the, and tell yeah, you how thankful I love us. <laughs> the post up absolutely love us. Oh, man. That's funny. Um... All right, well, what do you guys want to talk about next? We either got college football or we can finish up the more technology stuff. I, I, one thing that kind of uh, surprised me is, and, and one thing that we've seen with the, the space stuff and everything, space movies and sci-fi movies, is that space elevator. Have you guys 
read much up on that, or I did link an article, but um, like I said, we don't have to delve into it too much. But what do you guys want to do? You want to talk this, or you want to talk college football? I'm down for anything. No, I definitely want to talk technology. Yeah. All right. I mean, um, one thing I've heard about the space elevator is that you know, should one ever be made, which you know I'm hearing is you know plausible to say the mm-hmm. least, um, is that, like, it would be constructed out of graphene, which, mm-hmm. uh, again, uh, you know, Dr. Michio Kaku, he uh, vaguely described its um, strength properties, and it's just one molecule of graphene. If you could balance a pencil on obviously you couldn't because it's, you know, on the microscope, you know, molecular scale and all that, but, you know, for, for the example, you know, take a pencil and then stick an elephant and balance it on top of that pencil, and the the graphene molecule could hold the weight of the elephant just on the single one. And actually, um, the recent Hitman Agent 47 movie, the the main antagonist. I haven't seen the movie. I just saw a uh, YouTube video. Shout out to Film Theory, and um, he has <laughs> like bullet. He has a bulletproof skin, and. Uh, the guy on there was going through all these, you know, possible textures and uh, products and stuff. He was like, you know, probably it might be Kevlar, but, you know, that's too stiff and heavy. And it could be cellulose, but that reacts with the body too much and will cause too much water weight. And it turned out that graphene, layered in incredibly thin layers even, has exponentially more stopping power and flexibility than Kevlar does. And it, right. could, be a, it could be an incredibly viable uh, resource you know, going forward for bulletproof vests and, you know, space elevators even. Yeah. Well, the problem is... Gen Z coming through with it. Look <laughs> at you. If it's, it's one thing I know with graphene. Okay. man. How... Is it the graphene, the, the fabric that they're going to make the, the tube from? The problem is they've only made, like, the longest segment of that is only, like, three or four inches or so, or at the most. One step at a time, baby. One step at a time. Exactly. Baby steps. Baby steps. (laughs) Look at you jumping ahead. Two miles of it. My God, we need an inch, and we need it now. They don't need two miles. They need 65,000 miles. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they're, they're basically talking about the idea of the space elevator is building this huge column with the with the the material, I guess, a tray, and threading it through to build this this mater- build these tubes to go what sixty five thousand miles into space up, and then having a basically a, a, a launch pad on top of that to allow the and the biggest thing is that I guess they want it to be able, because it's going to decrease the cost. Right now, the current cost of uh, launching into space is, I believe it's uh, 60, hold on. Right now, it's $10,000 a pound to, to launch, the cost to launch a spacecraft. So you extrapolate that out, you're obviously talking hundreds of millions to billions of dollars worth of, you know, 
not only the the spacecraft itself, but the the how much ten thousand dollars per pound. Mm. Whereas wow, if, if they were, if so they were, I would be a two hundred and sixty thousand dollar load. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So you take. On I, that. I never felt more rich in my life. I mean, thank you for life, that. Your life matters, man. Uh, <laughs> so you take that, and you if they were to lift off from at sixty-two thousand miles up and take off without having to fight gravity, without having to fight through the atmosphere to be able to get into orbit to get into space, it cuts it down to one hundred to four hundred dollars per pound. So that's that's one of the big advantages of building this space elevator, lifting lifting all these things up to that platform and and, and facility up sixty two thousand miles straight up because you're getting basically above right at the atmosphere or just above the atmosphere to where you can just shoot straight into space instead of shooting all the way up, fighting like I said, fighting gravity, fighting everything else. How how many are you saying? What? Sixty-two thousand. Yes. You don't need that much to get out of the atmosphere. Space elevator made of a carbon nanotubes composite ribbon anchored to an offshore sea platform, which stretched to a small counterweight, approximately sixty-two thousand miles into space. Why mechanical, you... mechanical lifters attached to the ribbon would climb the ribbon, carrying cargo and humans into space. At a price of only about a hundred to four hundred dollars per pound. Yeah, but hold on. That I just don't think that it's that far to get out of the atmosphere. Yeah, the that Earth's atmosphere is three hundred miles thick, or four hundred eighty kilometers, and about eighty percent of which is within the the first ten miles. I think it's to get. I think it's to cut the gravitational pull. I think is the biggest thing. Uh, it might be. Yeah. Um, but apparently, this company Liftport uh, is is the one that's proposing the design right now. So the space elevator will be approximately sixty-two thousand miles high. Um, let's see. Centerpiece of the elevator will be the carbon nanotubes composite ribbon that is just a few centimeters wide and nearly as thin as a piece of paper. Carbon nanotubes were discovered in 1991 are what scientists believe that space elevator could be built. Uh, How ridiculous is this concept, man? Like, 62,000 feet? But it's going to be one tower. That's my thing. People are talking about this like it's going to be started within the next five to ten years. That's freaking nuts, dude. I mean, they're, like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna build this huge platform, basically in the middle of the Pacific somewhere, most likely. Uh, all, right. all right, all right, hold on, hold on. Before we get into this, all right. It says, "I'm I'm reading the Guardian." Is that the article y'all were reading? I'm reading uh, how stuff works. I linked it in the uh, in the in the thing. Dude, it says um. When a traditional rocket ship launches from Earth, it flies vertically about 25, to, sorry, 15 to 25 kilometers, 19, or sorry, 9 to 15 miles 
before hitting drop-off stages when sections of the rocket drop back to Earth, usually falling into the oceans. During the final stage, when it enters space, it is flying horizontally. Mm-hmm. So those rockets fall off about the time that they lose back whenever they're able to basically be pulled out. Like, you know, they're able to leave the atmosphere. Well, they get in the orbit. Yeah, exactly. So that's 15 miles. Right. Why the hell would it need to be thousands? Uh, 1,000, let alone 62 fucking thousand. Right. I mean, good grief. That's going to make Earth look like a freaking lollipop. How far is it to to the moon? Uh, 625,000 Miles, okay, hold on, let me look at, for sure. What did you say? 625, so 10% of the distance to the moon, basically. 638,900 miles. Yeah. So, 10% of the distance to the moon would be this this space elevator. Um, These are just ginormous numbers. I can't even picture this, man. Hold on, how high, how far is it to the moon? Uh, roughly six hundred and thirty. There's no way. It says two hundred and thirty-eight here. That's what Gen Z said. Come on. Oh, I said wait. I said two. Uh, sound like you said six, two. Six, six is that number for the um space elevator. Oh, I thought you said six hundred and twenty-one million. Oh, I don't know. Okay, right. just making sure we're on right. the same page. I was like, oh, my God, are y'all working with Apple? I'm working with Droid. We're getting different facts <laughs> over here. Yeah. Okay, so, it's, so it's Apple has premium quarter. information. <laughs> it's a quarter of the way to the to the moon, then. Yeah, that, bit, that, that would be unreal, though. Being real to consider so that. So they're saying that, that this would be... It would, it would lead to... You know, easier transportation of, of bringing putting uh, spacecraft into in, into space. Um, there would be a lifter. The robotic lifter will use the ribbon to guide its ascent into space. Traction tread rollers on the lifter would clamp onto the ribbon and pull the ribbon through, enabling the lifter to climb up the elevator. There's an anchor station. The space elevator will originate from a mobile platform in the equatorial Pacific, which will anchor the ribbon to Earth. Counterweight. At the top of the ribbon, there will be a heavy counterweight. So it's kind of like it's going to basically, just like in the regular elevator, the counterweight comes down and lifts the elevator and goes back down. Early plans for the space elevator involve cap. I get this shit. I don't don't quite get this one. This is my... Of all the things we said, this is the one that that kind of I was like, okay, I don't know about this. Early plans for the space elevator included capturing an asteroid and using it as a counterweight. Okay, no. <laughs> what? How, however, however, more recent plans like those of somebody Bruce called Bruce Willis. Jeez. <laughs> however, more recent plans like those of Lipport and the Institute for Scientific Research. Include the use of a man-made counterweight. In fact, the counterweight might be might be assembled from equipment used to build the ribbon, including the spacecraft that is used to launch it. Okay, what's next? We're going to use freaking like Mars and Saturn as like a pulley system or something. Just like oh, they said, run some wire between them. Well, hold on. They it's said crazy. that you can you can build multiple 
space elevators and basically have cut travel across the across the world in in basically it would make a you know it's 24 hours basically what from New York to to uh Australia and they said it would cut it you could you could jump from space elevator to space elevator and cut it to 6 hours you could fly straight across instead of having to go all the way around the globe you could go straight from one space elevator 62,000 miles into space to the other one 62,000 miles into space straight across and fly in six hours. I feel like that's not even worth it, though. <laughs> I mean, no, you don't you don't travel to Australia much. <laughs> I mean, shoot. Yeah, but how long is it going to take you to go sixty-two thousand goddamn miles down the space elevator itself? Um, the lifter will be powered by a free electron laser system located near the anchor station. No big deal. Laser will beam two point. <laughs> yeah. 2.4 megawatts of energy of to photovoltaic cells, perhaps made of gallium arsenide. Attached to the lifter will be the convert the energy to electricity to be used conventional. Oh yeah. Nobium magnet DC electric motors, according to the research center. Once operational, lifters would be climbing the space elevator nearly every day. The lifters will vary in size from 5 tons at first to 20 tons. The 20-ton lifter will be able to carry as much as 13 tons of payload and have 900 cubic meters of space. The lifters would carry cargo ranging from satellites to solar-powered panels and eventually humans <coughs> up, the, up the ribbon at the speed of 118 miles per hour. So somebody calculate that while how yeah, long it would gotcha. take. How high is it? 62,000 miles. Um, by by 118? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, I put it backwards. Oops. All right. My... 525 what? Hours? <laughs> I guess so. It takes what? What is that? 24. I think I'll take the plane. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Six days. Let's Let's get see. To the top. Hold up. Uh, uh, crap. 118 miles per hour. Yeah. Into, into miles. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're canceling out the miles, and then hours is what's left. Right. So, and then divide that by 24, so 21 days, 22 days. Holy cow. Is that right? Dude, screw it, man. I'm just, you can fly <laughs> back take- and forth. Just somebody called Travelocity. Give me a point. Jeez. I need the freaking... You can just fly back and forth Australia and New York 20 times but in that time. Well, yeah, that, but the the thing is, here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but though. you won't get to take a space elevator, man. Right, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about the, the original point of getting into space because we don't even have a freaking NASA program basically right now because Obama and, and, and the government is, has basically cut their feet out from under them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're hitching rides with the freaking Russians to get into space right now. The Chinese have, have started going to space. Do you, do you, here's the thing. We talk about technology from movies. Virtually anything worth having right now, technology-wise, is based upon NASA and things that they 
created for for those guys for the to work with this the space program. Tupperware, anybody? Yeah, but you got to think. I mean, it's not like we. And when I say we, I mean America in general is not going to space without NASA being in existence. I mean, currently you have people like Elon Musk that I mentioned earlier. You got people like Richard Branson and his little um and his little uh Virgin, you know, Virgin space program. Um so I mean right now all the action when it comes to, you know, getting out of the getting out of the atmosphere, going into space, all that right now is involved mostly in the private sector. That's more of a private investment right now. Right. And, it, and I mean, it might not, like, seem that we're going out there, but, I mean, like, like I know SpaceX, they launch, I mean, what, 10, 15 rockets every year? So, I mean, we're still going out there. But when it comes to us sending, yeah, like, actual federal astronauts into space, that's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, right now, it's if they're hitching rides with Rush, I don't see why they wouldn't be trying to subcontract with the private sector and do something of that nature. But why why are we doing that to where it's it's in the private sector? Why why are we not... Like I said, that we we brought in so much technology from the NASA program, why and and not only that, what about the sense of pride that the country had by being the the only country to go to the moon, or the first country to go to the moon, the the first country that made it into space and still, back? Still, pride. still the only country to go to the moon, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we, I mean, here's a few things I pulled, I pulled up: the LED technology, infrared ear thermometers. Artificial limbs, ventricular assist for for hearts and things like that. Anti-icing systems, highway safety, improved radial tires, chemical detection, public safety video enhancing and analysis systems, landmine removal, fire resistant reinforcement, firefighter equipment and gear. And all this came from what? I mean, my God, think of the, the the mattresses that we have now. Yeah. Uh, so. uh, enriched baby food, portable cordless vacuums. Of course, those suck after about six months. But um, freeze drying technology, freeze dried ice cream, man. Come on. <laughs> um, you know, I'm joking around a little bit, but but harn- being able to harness solar energy, pollution remediation, water purification, the computer advancements and technology that we came up with. I mean, dude, that's all stemming from NASA, that, and and we've just mm-hmm. cut that off. Yeah, but I'm not under the impression that without NASA, we're not going to have these technological advances in the first place. They're just going to occur somewhere else. Where? Because you got to think. I mean, you got to think all the revenue for this was it what was extracted from the private sector. I mean, that's basically how the government works. And do we think that the technology wouldn't have existed had it not been for the you know government coming in and taxing the private sector and reallocating reallocating those funds from an otherwise from an from another endeavor? You know, it could have been you know private sector could have invested in that in the same but way that the, the government could have. But all of that was already being 
being done and put into place as it was. I mean, it was all stemming from the NASA program. I mean, yeah, I mean, somebody might have done it, but, you know, it, it I came feel like about the, because of that. The, I feel like the gathering of minds and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, greatly influences all that kind of stuff, you know? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. without, like, I don't know, I guess, like, the government employees, you know, and then you go in, and then, you know, you got all these minds and stuff working together. But, like, if it wasn't for that, you know, you'd be like, you'd have to, like, hear about the person from someone else, you know, you'd have to kind of, like, network, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just not sure how that kind of stuff works, because, you know, I'm not a freaking scientist. But, I mean, like, okay, let me let me break it down, like, even a more simple, like, skateboarding and stuff. You can skateboard on your own all you want, and, you know, you can maybe be pretty good. But, like, if you're, like, with other people, and you're, like, seeing physically how they do their stuff, and you can, like, do it, I can almost, like, learn a trick in a few minutes rather than hours or days by myself when I'm with a group of people. And it's just, like, that, you know, going back and forth, who can do it the best, who can do it first, that kind of thing. And and there's, like, a, a bit of competition to it, but at the same time, it's like you're both trying to achieve a greater goal, whether it be an invention or a trick. You or just, you to do. in a nutshell, you just described the free market. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, um, pretty much, you just described the free market, in my opinion. It's like people <laughs> enter both wanting the same outcome, which is profit, and I don't know. Everything flows from there. Completely different subject than the space elevator, though. Tell you yeah, that well, that's that's the show, baby. That's uh, you better you better be paying attention. <laughs> Area codes, baby. We all over the map. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, to me, it, it, it's 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 nonsense to me to to just completely. I understand, you know, private companies have, have sort of gone into that market, but I just don't. I don't understand why. Like I said, it's not just monetary advancements and and uh, for for monetary gain it, it's a matter of, of pride in your country that that just that we've lost because of that too seeing seeing our great minds at work you know our, our greatest minds at work our greatest you know people at work the courageous i mean neil armstrong for god's sake was a was a freaking hero all throughout my lifetime just because he was brave enough to get up, you know, fly into these, fly in this tin box, basically, <laughs> to the moon and back, you know, and, and and richly deserved because of that kind of courage. But right now, the courage war. Uh, well, I'm not going back to the transgender thing, but uh, uh, geez. it all leads back to trainees. I mean, the, the, I mean, the courage war going to <laughs> was where I was going. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that's not a. It's not a. It's just. It's a matter of, of pride that the country is missing out on. It's. It's frustrating to me that the the lack of pride that people have in this country right now. It's like everybody's looking to. Saying, like you said, everything's better everywhere else when that's totally not the case. But, anywho. Yeah, I, like. 
going in high school and stuff, I'd always hear people like, oh, I want to move to, uh, you know, like. Anywhere. Like, uh, oh, crap, which one was it? I don't know, one of those Norwegian countries. I'm like, yeah, free education and, you know, socialism and all that jazz, all that jazz you know. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm sure. Have fun. They also don't understand the the forty to fifty percent tax mark, you know. Yeah. Marginal like tax just, rate that they're going to be paying. They also don't understand that a lot of those countries have a lot higher rate of suicide. So apparently, they're yeah. not living the <laughs> the utopic existence that they otherwise believe that they are. You know. It's, yeah. I mean, like they're just looking at consequences. it. Yeah, they like it. Like not only taxes, but there's a very high cost of living there. They add a yeah. lot of things called value-added taxes, which is basically taxes on everything you use. You know, a tax on ice. You know, like ice isn't free over in Europe and shit. You know, yeah. they like they charge you extra for stuff like that over there. It's just you know here and there, and there's just pros and cons about living everywhere. It's amazing. Exactly. I mean. Yeah, everyone's got their problems. It's just different ones. Yep. All right. Well, we are down to right at a minute or so left. You want to talk a little college football? Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk good. Go Georgia, baby. Go Georgia. Woo! We'll see, I'm, man. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm ready little... to get a little chubby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm so looking forward to this season. I've gotten more involved with it and and just enjoy it. I mean. I think we're all obviously all three of us are, are huge Georgia fans. So, what time's the game? Uh, noon on SEC Network. I gotta wake up early. Oh, I might be able to catch the first game. Yeah, if you want to head over, dude? Let me know. Yeah, absolutely, my man. All right, well, let's let's call it a night. I know we we mentioned talking about football, but I think we were very entertaining with our original. Or other two hours of of entertainment, for God's sake. So, oh, um, <laughs> side note: uh, horror director and writer Wes Craven has died from brain cancer. I just found that Wes Craven died five minutes ago. Yeah, he's yep, brain cancer, man. That sucks. Not to not to end on a sour note, but you know, I just figure this would be hey. a time capsule. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, thoughts and prayers out to uh, the Craven family. Um, Indeed. On that note, we will call it a week, and we will see you guys next week, GNXYZ Podcast. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. Hit me up at The Real Dre. Josh? J Neil, hit me up at J Neil, J underscore Neil on Twitter, and uh, look me up as Joshua Neil. Or sorry, Jay Neal also on Google Plus. All right. Uh, at I am the real Trey on Twitter, and uh, you know if you follow me on Twitter, you pretty much get everything. So that's about all you need. All right. And that was Gen Y, Gen Z, Gen Y is Josh Neal, and I'm Gen X Drayton. Signing off. See you. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat>